shenanigans to go. What the hell does that mean, you ask? Sometimes you find yourself really needing a quick snack. You don't want to go for the full-fledged steak that come out, comes out every Monday. Sometimes you just need a little snack, a little niblet. These will be sporadically released. They have no set date, and they have no set host. So stay tuned for Shenanigan Roulette. But on the very first, on Poppin' the Cherry with me, I am joined by the often berated, but seldom insulting us back. That's right. I am joined by Brent, so tell... Tell, tell him hi, Brent. Hello. Seldom insulting you back. Okay. That was lame. Yes, it was. It was, it was not a good insult. I apologize for that, folks. But uh, that's that's the jokes. That's as good as they're going to get. You're in for a long ride. So, I, I, know that, I know that everyone sitting back home is finding themselves like, all right, why the hell do you think you'll, you'll deserve more than one, sh one show a week? It's our site. We're going to do it, and it's more content for you. So all the illustrious people of Podcast Landia have something to talk about. So, so Brent, have you ever done anything really, really embarrassing in front of someone and you didn't realize you did it? Um, I have done that quite a few times, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm taking it you're wanting some examples. Uh, well, well uh, I got one first if you want to roll off of mine. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Okay, so... I have this pair of boxers that are Batman boxers, and they're awesome. They're fucking awesome. However, the one thing that the, apparently the Dark Knight does not have to do, and that's go to the bathroom very often because the, fl the fly sucks on them. Because it's like, then you gotta jostle your junk back around, and it's no fun for anybody. Anyhow, so those are the ones I was wearing, and I was with Madison, and we went, and we ate and ate, and I got done using the bathroom, and I was like walking out, and of, cor of course the Hardy Boys were getting cramped, and that was no mystery. I had I had to fix such problem. Well, I'm in the middle of doing it, and it's like it's killing me. It's like literally killing me. Like anaconda vice around my testicles. Like oh god, why no? I have to fix this immediately, right? And we're walking through the parking lot. We're almost to her car, and I'm like fuck it. I can't do it anymore. There's not really that many people around, and I'm like fuck it. So I just shove my hand down my pants, and I'm like oh oh god, now fix it and I adjust and woof. It's, it's awesome, and I'm like, oh, sweet, blessed relief, right? Then what do I see? As I look up, my eyes meet the person sitting in the car less than five feet from me's eyes, and I get the look of, oh, God. I just saw this man, this random man, stick his hand in his pants in a public parking lot, and our eyes met. So that's that rare connection you get with people whenever you're like, fuck me. So, there's mine. What do you got? Top that. <laughs> well, um, there was one time in high school, sitting in English class, and I opened up my backpack. I don't know what I was needing. I was probably just getting a pen or something. It was English class. Not like anybody paid attention. But um, I opened up my bag, put my hand in there, grabbed the pen, pull it out, and what's on the end of it? Not, not a condom. Not two condoms. It was a roll full of condoms. I guess I <laughs> stuck the condoms in there. And it came out like everyone around me looked at me like, what the fuck is going on? And everyone that knew me from high school, I was a dorky kid in high school. But god damn. That just... That's, that's my embarrassing story in front of a lot of people. Were they like... The big black magnums, or were they just like the you know ah, dude. condoms for toddlers? No, no, they were they were just uh, regular Trojans. Uh, 
It, it was just, they looked at me like, holy shit, you have, I am a fucking stud and I ha- I only use one condom in a month. And it's like, I, I personally had 12 condoms there and it was during a past time where I was dating someone else. So yeah, uh, that, that was a uh, pretty fucking embarrassing. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it happened uh, sitting in class, and it just... uh, The teacher, I think she saw it, and she was an old lady. She turned around and got everybody to start on another assignment. Like, she sounded flabbergasted, like, what do I do? uh, uh," And it doesn't help that there was a bunch of black girls in that class. They're just sitting there like, holy shit! What's going on in here? Oh! It it was pretty glorious. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Oh man, that's funny. So did I top it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good because anytime you could whip condoms out in high school, it's always a win because that was not something that I really got to do a whole lot in, in all facets of the, the word. But I am grateful to all the chads out there or chadettes that al- allowed allowed for such activities to happen. You know who you are, and you know you're listening right now. Because that's how narcissistic I am, in fact. I am implying that all ex-girlfriends of mine currently listen currently listen to the podcast. And are such fans, they listen to the, the alt- alternative podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my case, uh, I, I know I think one ex does listen to the podcast. So, uh, that's going to be fun to hear. I don't even think I told her that. <laughs> uh, so, uh... One of my favorite little stories that we got, because, you know, that's all we do is we're stories. There are various uh, stories we tell. Uh, <laughs> so it was whenever it was whenever Madison and I got were getting married, and uh, Brewer was coming down the next day. And uh, so uh, Brent, because y'all, you've never been to a Dave & Buster's, right? No, I, I wanted to go to a Dave & Buster's so bad. I had never been. Um, so we get to Austin, and we have a day free. And Cody and Madison are there, and we're we're just talking, and I'm like, hey, I, I want to go to Dave and Buster's. So we we get on, we we start going from there. We get on to the uh, what what road is that? The North Austin. Uh, it's on, Ooh. It's on, yeah, it's on 183 in Mopac. But for people that don't live there, you don't care. Okay, so basically, if you've never been to Austin or a big city, the traffic there is is horrible. Uh, we're sitting at, in the middle of traffic on the highway. And and we are in park. It is it basically park. And we're trying to go forward and we're we're making very little progress. And me and Brandy are like, man, this is going slow. Well, uh, uh Cody and Madison proceed to tell us, oh no, we're we're booking it through this area. We are just going fast down here, which boggles my fucking mind. It took us what, like forty five minutes to get across town? Yeah, but I mean it was at six o'clock and we actually made pretty good time. I mean that was actually the funniest thing from when y'all came down was, oh, hey, yeah, I'll be here in a minute. Well, a minute in Amarillo is, it takes, like, seriously, what does it take to get across town? 15, and that's pushing it, right? Yeah, uh, it, 15, and you could get all the way across town. That's completely across town. So, yeah, I, I it, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty crazy in, down there, but uh, t- tell them about the old man in the back of the truck. Uh, Okay, so we're sitting here in traffic, and there's nothing to do. People are just dry, like, they're puttering beside us. 
And uh, all of a sudden, we see this uh, this old, big truck. It's like a moving truck. Uh, you know, Cody, a moving truck, but... Yeah. yeah, like a movie truck, yeah. Yeah, you know, you open up the back, and you put stuff in, you move, well... Yeah, yeah, you take it from point A to point B, yeah, I got you. Well, apparently this homeless man, uh, uh, I don't even know if he was homeless, he he was certainly scraggly. They they had the gate up in the back of the truck, and then they had just another piece just blocking it. And this man is sitting in the back of the truck, looking over out at the cars, just sitting there. And they're sitting right next to us, so... What, what does Brent do? He rolls down the window and proceeds to talk to potential hobo. You forgot about that, didn't you? I did. I did. Uh, what did he say to you? I don't remember. We just had a, hey, how you doing? What are you doing in the back of the truck? Oh, that's awesome. Have a great day. And then we proceeded to putter like two more inches. And it was like, hey, nice to see you again. And then I rolled up the window because I ain't talking to no hobo too long. But anyway, so we like fight our way through traffic because it was rush hour, and we get to we get to Dave and Buster's, and like if you've never like yes, Dave and Buster's, which we're gonna blatantly advertise because if they want to sponsor us, bring it on. But yes, Dave and Buster's, a land of glorious games and good damn food. It is like the best Mr. Gaddy's you've ever been to in your fucking life. Like it owns it. It's so fucking cool. Oh yeah, it, like, there's shit ton of fun and there's no screaming kids. It, it was it was awesome. Um, uh, it it was my first time going and uh, de- definitely anytime I go near one, I'm going back. I, how how much money in quarters? Did I, I after I actually didn't use quarters. I I used my debit card. And at the end of the day, and we had only been in Austin for a day, I'd spent over a hundred dollars, and I think we maybe spent twenty on gas in there er, in town. So about eighty to a hundred dollars worth of uh, tickets and food, of and, course. Uh, Brent and I, we we beat Time Crisis, right? Yeah, we went through it finally. Like we beat the entire thing. Uh, it took us quite a bit, but it was fun. We got a lot of tickets from a couple of other games, too, so... Really, I was kind of bummed with the final screen of Time Crisis. I thought it'd be like, you finally conquered it. You're emperors of the world. Hand jobs will be distributed out, you know. Instead, it's... Instead, it's just like, oh, yeah, you conquered it. Have a great day. Click. Pretty much. It was, uh, it was kind of disappointing. The best part of it was, like, because we, you know... We went, because they have good food there, so we were going to go eat or whatever. And we're sitting down, and we're eating, you know. Oh, I don't know. Brent does something to fuck with me and, like, throw, throw I put something. A, no, I put a, I put a French fry in your, uh, in your water, and you didn't see it. And then when we finally pointed it, or your wife pointed it out to you, at which point uh, you were like, ah, and you forgot about it. And, like, 20 seconds later, you took a sip. And got a soggy French fry in your mouth. <laughs> so, so I grabbed the ketchup bottle and I just said, like, you know, we're all talking or whatever. We're getting into conversation because you know everybody knows how it is when you're sitting there talking with like old friends. And you get all conversating and you get going and shit. And I don't know, Britt was rolling on so somebody was rolling on something, and I just reached over, grabbed the ketchup bottle, and I just squirted it in his drink, and like a shitload of ketchup. And you go, ha! Oh, you got me! I got you! Oh, and. And I I grab the drink just to just to be a dick. I grab the drink and I I take a drink of it. And you know it it was what you should expect from sweet tea and ketchup. But uh, at at this point we we proceed to uh, see a waiter. I, I'm guessing it was the manager or the trainer because he had another guy and he was like 
this this is what you do. This is how like you're gonna do this and and we call the waiter over there and we're sitting there and he he looks at us and he's like yes sir what what can we do for you so uh, me and Cody we're we're sitting across from each other straight faced Madison and Brandy are right next to us just like kind of confused as to what's about to go on and I as straight faced as I can just tell the waiter um uh, there seems to be some ketchup in my tea can I happen to have another one. He said it so eloquently, like, you know, pardon me, good sir, but there seems to have been some ketchup that haphazardly gotten into my, my drink. Could you please correct such an error? And, like, I'm sitting there biting my fucking hand because I want to laugh so hard. And the guy picks the glass up, looks at the glass, looks at Brent, looks at the glass, looks at Brent, looks at the glass. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go fix that right away. He doesn't even clear the door to go back into the kitchen before we all lose it. I mean, I maintain I could have held on to that quite a bit longer had Brandy not started laughing, Madison started laughing, you couldn't hold it from them laughing, and then once you started laughing, it finally put the, oh shit, and I couldn't help but laugh. That poor guy. (laughs) They went back in the kitchen and were like, how did this happen? Did you do this? The, The secret ingredient to our delicious iced tea is not ketchup, Frank. Looking at schematics and diagrams, trying to figure out if there's a ketchup leak above the the teapot. Quick, call the kitchen inspector. We've got to adjust this error. What what do we do? I think it took him a good two minutes to bring me another tea, though. Right. Like, he, he was that confused that he... I think they may have even went back and watched the tape just to see what happened for me to get ketchup in my tea. to like suck in our laughter which always makes it harder whenever you have to suck in your laughter oh my god it was funny it was so funny oh it was like i I don't know i enjoyed it i i don't think that we could ever top that in a restaurant without getting kicked out definitely and it was just it's i wish i could explain to you like the beauty of his like just instant transformation of like oh sir this seems to be a minor error i mean it was was so beautiful. I, I, I was grateful I got it. It, it was uh, quite quite a bit of fun to oh, do. Okay. Hey guys! So, isn't that how this goes? Oh, yeah, go for it. Uh, I, I don't have anything. I, I just wanted to say that. Uh, hey man! So, uh, there was a uh, news story today, and I was gonna get you. I was gonna get your opinion of it because one, you and I generally have similar, I don't know, views of the world, and two, you're a parent, so I can actually, I can actually ask, ask this. Oh, and by the way, if you all hadn't pieced it together yet, which I'm sure you have, because if you're listening to the side casts and you listen to the regular cast and you pro- inevitably follow our lore, Brent actually had the first child of board shenanigans. His kid is the official first kid of board shenanigans. So if any of you are out there trying to make babies to get that, to get that claim, fuck off. Knight had it first. Does that make you a proud parent, knowing that knowing that we have uh, latched onto your your kid for this? Well, what I find funny is I, I love how y'all want to put uh, pictures online for everything, and this is the one picture y'all will never get online. Let's actually tell them about this, because they may not know. Okay, so um, I had a generally uh, fucked up childhood, had a lot of issues with family, and a lot of people were more trying to be a convenience than anything. They 
when they wanted to talk to you, they would talk to you. you if you wanted to talk to them, it was, no, 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 uh, I, I don't have time for you. Always maintained that Knight will never be that way. Uh, if anybody wants to see him or talk to him or know him, they will have to make an effort to actually be in his life. Because uh, this day and age, like you have parents, grandparents, everything that only see their kid on Facebook and then once a year like, oh, I'm, I'm awesome, ha ha ha, you should love me. And I'm, I really am opposed to that because if you really want to get to know them, you, you would not use your once a year. You, you would make effort to call uh, weekly, daily, month, like at least an effort from time to time. It, it's also the fact that it, he doesn't have a choice. If I post an embarrassing pic of him 20 years or 10 years from now when he's in school, if someone sees that, what's going to happen? That's not how I, uh, I've always thought that it would be better for him to choose when he wants to be online, not us to choose. I think it's a good call, man. I think it's a real good call. I think it's, that, I think it's definitely cool because so many parents are so apt to like, oh, here's a picture of my kid shit, shitting on somebody, or oh, here's this thing that my kid did, or oh, here's that, and, I mean, I get being proud of your kid, but saying it uh, can be just as good as showing a picture of it in some ways. Because, sure, a picture is worth a thousand words, but if all of those words are used against them in their future... I mean, I, I could tell you, oh, Knight threw up on the ground today, ha ha ha. But then I could show you a picture of it, and maybe it's something that uh, 10, 20 years from now is going to end up fucking up his life. I, I just don't think it's right for him. I think it's cool that you've decided, like, we're not going to make that decision for you because I feel like that's something that so many parents do. I mean, I think I think it's awesome. I think it's a cool... It's definitely non-conventional, but I think it's very non-conventional and a very good... It, it can't be... I, I really don't consider it non-conventional because it it's non-conventional to start putting pictures of your kid up on the internet. Because that wasn't available until, like, the past, what, 15 years? Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's it, become so accepted as part of the collective consciousness of, oh, we're all, we're all interconnected all the time via the Internet, and so we're going to always share everything with everybody. Which, frankly, the maintenance of your own privacy, it's your business. So. Well, it also kind of stems from how I am, because you know me. I, I'm not... The most open all the time. I, I do like having a private life that uh, is private. So why would I want to expose him to everybody else? Uh, it, it's not doing him a favor. And it's not doing me anything by telling them, I'm going to put a picture of you online and ha ha ha. And you have no choice in the matter. Uh, I was raised very uh, much in the 50s mentality of parenting so uh i i have no reason to show the new parenting where you go and you put them online every five minutes and i mean just to sort of further illustrate i mean again anybody that knows this knows anybody out there in podcast landia that's unaware of it the two of you that are out in podcast landia that are unaware of it Brett and I are pretty fucking tight, really, honestly, considered, like, he and Brewer and I were really, uh, like, extremely tight, we've been around each other a long motherfucking time, but kind of the whole maintenance, this kind of feeds into his whole, like, maintenance of private life, and it's one of the ways we've always functioned, which, according to my wife, is extremely non-conventional, 
we always have kind of had a don't ask, don't tell policy as far as if, okay, your, your issues are your issues, and if you want to bring them up, bring them up. But, you know, I'm not going to dig, and I'm not going to make you dig for, for issues that, that aren't necessarily aren't necessarily my business. Uh, I mean, it's always kind of been one of the one of those things that we've always that we've always done. It, it... I, I I think that's really what makes us click so much better though too is we're we're here for right now. We aren't here to learn about each other's pasts or each other's private lives. We're we're friends where we need to be friends, but we're we're friends where we need to be. We aren't really trying to do anything uh crazy and get to get to know each other's deep deep dark secrets because there's no reason to get to uh if if we want to bring it up we could bring it up but it i'm not gonna prod and neither are you and that's what's always been great about us basically kind of repeating a conversation that that brent and i had once and i feel like it has merit because it kind of feeds into what we're talking about right now. Realistically, we didn't really, we don't share a lot of that shit, and I think that's, for me personally, that's one of the biggest reasons that we became so close so quickly is because nobody dug, nobody pried. They let whatever was going on elsewhere in my life be there, and I could enjoy, and I could use it as an escape and be friends with my friends, which I think is kind of fed. I kind of like it because anytime like we do share something, like a legitimate something, it means like if you bring it up and tell me about it, it actually has merit. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a psychoanalysis background of my of my life, or just so you have a profile of me. Which, okay, maybe it's not the approved form of friendship, but by God, I think we've done a good job with it, don't you? I think it's probably better that we've done it the way that we have because honestly, if we go back and if if. I would have done if I would have told you all about my life, you would have told me all about yours. I really don't know how much longevity we would have had because that's what makes our friendship special is when we do talk about something, we don't talk about, oh yeah, <laughs> five minute conversation, it's done. We could sit here and talk for an hour, two hours, three hours about it, and it would be perfectly fine. And you you would feel more you, it it felt more special and and just better in the long run than it actually does when we're just uh if we had done it in the past. I mean, doesn't it weird you the fuck out when like you've met you've known some like okay say at work or whatever you meet somebody and you've known them for two days and then next thing you know you start hearing about like their wives or their moms or how how their dad didn't treat them right or how their penis doesn't work and you're like. Dude, what the fuck? I didn't need to know all this. I mean, this was way more information than I needed. I mean, doesn't that do that to you too, or is it just me? No, it, it drives me nuts whenever you find out way too much information. Uh, it There's no real point to know that your dog died three years ago and that you're still mourning its loss. I mean, it, at work especially, you're at work, you should stay at work. Um, you should work your ass off and then go home at the end of the day. Not sit here and, uh, oh, what was me? Oh, my family is doing this. Oh, my family's doing that. I've got to go do this. I've got it, it just drives me insane when stuff like that happens. I mean, realistic, because I know for me, it's pretty, 
I honestly can only think of maybe like two people in my, and I could legitimately only think of maybe two or three people that I ever actually considered friends outside of. I mean, are you kind of that way too, or, or are you are you a little different? Um, I I have a lot of people who I can consider friends and who I do consider friends. I but uh, uh, it it's just at work it. They're, they're your friends while you're at work because I've noticed uh, since switching uh, stores last year that the group of people I thought were friends have slowly faded off a little bit as well. I've, there's some I haven't talked to in months. Uh, some I haven't even talked to in almost a year. But it's once you leave work and they leave work, it, it kind of splits your lives up again. So it, it, it in my case, uh, I, I probably only have about five people outside of work that I could consider friends and continuously contact. Didn't mean to really put you on the spot because I know you actually, yes, because Britt does like what everyone else should do. He plays board shenanigans at work to shake off the, the cobwebs of the Mondays and make it all worthwhile. So you should, you, eh. <laughs> I, I really don't care. It, it happens. I like that. Eh, it's all right. It's better than noise. <laughs> it, it's better than the ambient noise outside. That's the way that came off. That was funny. Oh. <laughs> uh, the sad thing is, this most recent episode, I think I played five or six times. Because I had a list of podcasts, but one of them right now is on hiatus. Because it's a... It, I love the Bobby Bone show. It, it is what it is. Fuck y'all if y'all don't. But, um... I always listen to it, and it's off of the air until the beginning of the new year. So they don't have new episodes. They don't have new podcasts. I'm I'm really about to have to start going and looking into some new uh new podcast material. Well, for you, Brent, and for you listeners, because I have not hawked this on the show yet, Pendulette's podcast is amazing. I absolutely adore it. I, I haven't been on it very long. I'm only probably 15 episodes in, but mother of fuck is it good. So I would highly recommend that. Don't know what I'm talking about? Look to the links of interest for this episode. Or show notes for this well, episode. I'm... Actually, fuck it. It's this episode. We can call it show notes, links of interest, because Brewer can't tell me what to do. Uh. Anyway, um, no, I've, I've been looking into a couple of podcasts. I think I'm going to start with uh, the Tom Woods podcast. It's a, a liber uh, famous libertarian right. that uh, has some really cool uh, people on. Uh, he actually had Kane from WWE on uh, not that long ago, and he is unbelievably well-versed. Um, I've also, I think I'm about to start lo looking up a couple of uh, other wrestling uh, podcasts, like uh, Chris Jericho just did a pretty cool one of, with uh, Edge that I really cannot wait to hear, but it, it's just, i it has to suit my mood. I'm I'm not a big music podcast person either, so I know I I know I definitely have my uh my uh rotation my rotation of them. I mean, because frankly, if you're li if the only one you listen to is ours, you can do a lot better. We're trying we're trying to build our small little mud hut. But there are fucking mansion podcasts out there. Go and sh go and shit on their gold covered toilet, and then you can maybe appreciate our haphazard one a little more. Yeah, I mean. I, I really enjoy them, man. Like, I, there's a few that I've really gotten into. Um, another one you may want to try, which I probably have hawked and I'll hawk again, 
Um, if you want to get a political one, Ron Paul's is real good. And it's real good because it's heavy, but it's only about 20 minutes long, which sometimes that's that's all you need. That That's kind of similar to the Tom Woods one. Uh, I actually think they had Ron Paul on there at one point, uh, but it's a really good... From the only podcast that I've heard from it was actually really good. Um, it, since we're hawking uh, other podcasts, uh, if you're a wrestling fan and you want to hear some old wrestlers and maybe some independent wrestlers uh, talking about their lives and their struggles, uh, Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. Have you ever heard that podcast? Uh, yeah, you got me to listen to a few of them. I know I listened to, uh, there was one with like Ultimo Dragon, which is one you recommended, which was really cool. And I want to say there was another one with Chavo Guerrero you told me to listen to. Uh, I don't know if Chavo's ever done one. I know one of a couple of the ones that I've actually thought were really awesome were, uh, he did one with Amy Dumas, which is Lita to everybody who right. doesn't know that. But uh, he did one with her that was really good, that told a great story. Uh, Jerry Lynn, uh, guy's a legend. I've wrestled him myself. He is... He he's really cool, and he ha- he has an amazing uh, time on that podcast as well. But it also gets you with some of these guys that maybe you've never heard of. Um, one such instance is a guy named Willie Mack, who has been going around the indie circuit. Uh, who one of my friends have actually wrestled and uh, traveled with, and he's he's going all over the world. But no one will ever know his name because he's not WWE or TNA or Ring of Honor or any of those. Which, uh, that actually might be something you want to explain real quick because everybody that's not quite in the know of uh, wrestling, you want to give them a real quick rundown? Okay, well, um, I have been doing independent wrestling for probably the past six years. Maybe, actually, I think I'm going on my seventh year right now. But uh, I say independent wrestling because if I said professional wrestling, that implies I make money off of it. I do not make money off of it. I basically go to little shows around different cities, and I've done a couple of different cities. I haven't done a whole heck of a lot, but basically I go out there and I get to tell someone that their mother is a fat whore, and I don't get in trouble for it. So that makes me really happy. But basically, it's just me going out there and getting to do what I do. And I trained uh, quite a few years back with one of Ricky Romero's sons, uh, Chris Romero. And we just basically had a... I think we... I trained for a year. I've done, I think, eight or nine different companies since then. I've wrestled in Tingley Coliseum. I've wrestled in front of five people before. It It's really just I go out there because it's something I love doing. And I do my best to get to actually show people I know what I'm doing. Because nothing sucks worse than going to one of these little indie feds and seeing someone who doesn't even know the proper way to cover a person. It, it It's really annoying. That's... That's right, everybody. We give him shit all the time, but in all reality, Brent can kick all of our asses. I don't know about kicking all of your asses, but I, I definitely could put you in some really fucked up submission holds. All right, so we could hold us down while he takes our asses, whatever is pleasant. Or, or I could uh, hold you down while I John finger you. Whoa! <laughs> uh, 
Wait a minute. Are we allowed to use that on this one, or do we have to come up with our own, you know, colloquialisms? Or I don't know. Is that is that copyright infringement? Um, Brewer, rant, rant about it and let us know. And while you're ranting about it, how naked are you right now, listening to Brent and I talk? Like level one naked or DefCon five naked? Oh, like all the all the way down to bare feet. Do you have the cream cheese out? What do you think, Brent? Oh, I, I'm definitely saying uh, DefCon. F- Four, maybe not five, but he—he's pretty damn close. <laughs> like he—he's going to the fridge right now. Oh, that's right, man. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're just waiting, like sitting there rubbing it, rubbing all of it. In fact, rubbing both of them. Just, just cannot wait. You have your spoon ready. Oh, I know, I know it's happening. And don't act like you're not. That guy driving in his car is driving by your house right now. He's. He sees that the shades are a little open. He sees you in there. He knows what you're doing. You know what's sad? I'm usually the guy that's driving in the car when I hear you say the guy driving in his car. You haven't gotten <laughs> me with it once. You've gotten with gotten it with me like uh, probably 15, 20 times now. Because I, I re-listen to these podcasts and I'm driving and I'm not, I don't remember what spots what. But all of a sudden it's, hey, you, you, guy driving in the car. Uh, fuck you. And it's like, wait, what? Oh, why the f- ah, I'm oh. in the car again. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, oh, so, since you're since you're doing a random call out of uh, Ryan, can can we do some random call outs? Well, absolutely. It wouldn't be a bored shenanigans, shenanigans type show without a few. Who do you got? Uh, well, let's say uh, Justin. Justin, hi. How are you doing? Um, I hear you're you're stocking shelves. I I guess the prison didn't work That's out. Right. Put that soup can in its hole. Put them both there. Oh, that's right. Stack it on top of there. Ooh, don't let the clam chowder touch the tomato. We all know what happens if that situation goes down. <laughs> well, I, actually, I don't. I don't know what happens. <laughs> I don't either. Oh, speaking of things, since I told Jarrett this already, which there's my Jarrett call out for the episode. Um, did you know that Pulp Fiction actually got inducted into the National Film Registry today for, like, cultural significance? So... That made me so happy, and I I think I texted you, which apparently you didn't get because you never sent it back, but you and I had like 45 text messages today, which the listeners don't care about, but fuck it, you're going to hear it. Um, but like, <laughs> So I texted like everybody that I thought would know, because that's one of the things that definitely exists in our group, is this ridiculous love of Pulp Fiction, but uh, that made me quite happy that... You know, somewhere in 100 years, 150 years, there will be kids that are like, oh, you know, here's this cl- here's this classical movie out of the film registry, and it's Say What Again. It's What Ain't No Country I Ever Heard Of. Say What, what more motherfucking time. That makes me so happy. Oh, this, sh- this should definitely make you happy then. There was a white man, just a older looking white man, maybe not old, but like definitely 40s. He looks like Ryan in 10, 15 years, uh, kind of pedophile-ish. <laughs> um, he stopped a robbery by quoting Pulp Fiction. What? The, no, I, I'm going to read you this news story. A local man is a hero today after he single-handedly stopped a couple who were attempting to rob a coffee shop. His quick thinking saved the day, according to the restaurant manager, Ted Barkins. He just quote, started quoting movie lines from Pulp Fiction. The robbers kind of were, went berserk, and then they just left. Local hero Paul Horner, who thwarted the would-be robber, said, It was really lucky that I had my wallet with me that said, Bad Motherfucker, on it. 
The robbers came around demanding everybody's wallet, and I just held it up. You know, like how Samuel L. Jackson did in Pulp Fiction. Longtime diner Suzanne Litchfield said it was a pretty tense moment. The robbers asked Mr. Horner what was in his hand. He told him it was a wallet that said bad motherfucker on it. I've never seen the movie, so I didn't know what he was talking about. I just thought it was some crazy white guy with a death wish. After I said the comment about my wallet to the robbers, they started freaking out. So then, in my best tough guy, tough black guy voice, I said to them, Normally, both your asses would be dead as fucking fried chicken. But you happen to pull this shit while I'm on my transitional period, so I don't want to kill you. I want to help you, Horner said. Then the robbers looked at each other and then just ran out of the restaurant. I knew my vast knowledge of Pulp Fiction would pay off for me one day. <laughs> that is awesome. That is amazing. Uh, so that's right. Everybody that was in my groom's party, which is Brewer and you and Kevin and, and Madison's little brother and the other Ryan. All of y'all, if you ever need to thwart a robbery, pull out the bad motherfucker wallet that, that I gave you for a wedding present. Oh, funny story. Um, I was at work, and I have a Dollar General a couple of stores down. I went over there. I pulled out my wallet. I set it down, pulled out my card, realized I had cash, put it back in my wallet, grabbed the cash, handed it to the guy, left my wallet there. I run back over there, and they all know who I am, so he put the wallet to the side. But I got to walk into the store and go, Hey, uh, so I lost my wallet. It's the one that says bad motherfucker that is on it. awesome. Like, see, I get so many people, like, well, I've gotten the both spectrums of it because, like, I'm ridiculously proud of it, and so I actually took a Sharpie and wrote bad motherfucker in the outline so it's really obvious that it says that on it. Like, there's this, I love this one teller at my bank, and she, apparently, she's a fan. She loves the fucking thing. Or she, she loves the, the movie, and so, like, I, uh, I always, like, I set it down the first time, and she's, like, she, like, comes up and, she, or, like, she's making change or whatever, give it, uh, catch my check, and she looks over at it, and she's, like, oh, that's great. That's absolutely great. And I was, like, yeah, I, I love that movie. She's, like, oh, that's one of the best movies ever made. And then she starts quoting it at me. She's, like, you know, look at me, lamb chop. It was so fucking cool. But, uh, <laughs> like, I've also had the other reaction, which honestly made me even happier. Um, like I said, you know, cause I, you know, I set it down, I was doing whatever I was making change and the lady behind me, like, cause you know, whenever people stand uncomfortably close to you in line at the quick stop and shit, well, she was behind me oh, yeah. and like, you know, comes and like was starting to set her shit down. Like before I even made, which before I even like finished my transaction, which pisses me the fuck off. Anyway, the fucking cunt comes and starts putting her shit right there and, uh, looks down at it like, ugh, how distasteful. Which, all I'm thinking in my... It took me a second for it to register, and I see it, and I'm like, I win. That's all I wanted. I'm good. I'm happy. I accept this reaction. So, Ernie, hey, take that and put that in your mailbox. Ship it to Cody. Put it in there. Put it all in there. Awkward packages accepted. I don't know what that means either. You ever think he had a midget stuffed a in midget there? stuffed in his ass? I don't know. No, it, it, in his mailbox. Why would... God, why would it be in his ass? I, I don't know. I just... I thought that's what we were talking about. I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were talking about his mailbox. Oh, oh, that's what you were talking about. I don't know. My flag was up thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> so, so, Jojo, apparently you like the show. I don't know that I've ever met you. Apparently I have, which is what I've been told, but I don't remember it, but if you remember me, thanks for listening. And, uh... John, how's it going? 
Hope you're still listening at this point. Actually, I hope you're listening enough that you're downloading auxiliary ones as well. CC and Matt, uh, happy almost wedding. Uh, if if it's not already gone by the time this goes up, uh, ha- happy marriage. Oh, I'm sure it will be because they get they get married on Saturday. Oh well, happy marriage. See you, see you then, or I enjoyed seeing you then. Probably is the appropriate response because you know through the looking glass. <laughs> oh, uh, one other thing, I, I, where I meant to go before I got sidetracked down that gigantic motherfucking rabbit hole. They were doing, they did a uh, a drill in Austin today, and they were bitching about it like on the radio just a little bit, and like I couldn't let it go. And I, like I said, you're a parent, I kind of wanted your opinion on it. So basically, they did a, they did like a, a sh- there's a shooter in the school type drill, you know, like you know, like assuming there's like that kind of situation happens, like there's a school shooting. They didn't alert any of the staff or any of the students. Apparently, it was like level five failure of a drill. Like people were freaking out, and like the, the like one of the teachers apparently like broke down and started crying. You know, it was like did not work out at all the way they wanted to. And so parents fucking pissed because they were saying that their kids were having nightmares and that the school didn't handle it right. Like, just making all this shit up about how... Or, I mean, just, like, complaining excessively about how they should have been warned and the staff should have been warned. And Is that a major knee-jerk reaction to you, or is it just me? Okay, so all I, what I really see in this particular situation is wanting to be planned for. Okay, telling you, hey, this is gonna happen is going... It's just gonna be just as bad. Who says one of those students doesn't hear about this? And actually starts killing people on that day. This at least gives them new, or it gives them a chance to know this is what you should do if this ever does happen. And at least they had the decency to just call it like that instead of doing what a. There was another. There was a Chicago school. I think it was last year that went up and they actually got shooters to shoot blanks at the. Like they had. Sh- people in the school running around shooting blanks at the staff and everybody and i mean that i could see as being terrifying but just calling it in does not necessarily like i I really don't see that as being a big deal isn't that like there's obviously going to be trauma in the real situation so why would you not hope for the best and plan for the worst get it because it was like middle school students which i don't know if i've said that yet wouldn't if okay so say your kid was having like this bot was bothering them wouldn't you just like? Wouldn't you just kind of put it in perspective to them? Wouldn't that be what you would do? Would that be your strategy? I I would have to because we grew up in the Columbine age, where uh, two students went in and just started killing people. That the staff didn't get notified then, and look at how it turned out. Uh, I honestly believe that maybe they should do stuff like this a little bit more often because pre- uh, being prepared when you have no time to prepare or not being prepared, uh, being safe when you have no time to repair is better to me than you prepare all these times and it, it doesn't, uh, you, you always like, ha ha, I'll just close the door and lock it. And then the one time you do that, it's like, oh, well, this guy just broke your door down and killed all these people. What's your next plan? It's, it's stupid to me to just go ahead and say, Oh, this is bad because it traumatized me. It, it, it's better than the real guy getting in and killing you. I know this is getting on, like, you know, 
territory where we can get into gun, like all the fucking gun control shit that's rearing its head again. And I know this is getting into territory where, like, should there be armed guards in schools and all that. I understand we're kind of treading on that, and I don't really want to that bad because that's a whole other issue for a whole other episode. Oh, well, I, I actually do want to tread on just one little thing right now just because uh, it, it actually happened. The most recent school shooting in Colorado, a state that has strict gun laws, um, it, it could have been very bad because the average police response time to get to something like that is about 10 to 15 minutes, and that's for them to find the shooter as well. I don't know about you, but I could put a lot of bullets in a lot of bodies in 10 to 15 minutes if something like that were to happen. What stopped this one from being so bad where one student was injured and then the shooter killed himself is, from what I've read, there was a sheriff's deputy armed in the cafeteria at that time. He hears this call over the radio, rushes with two administrators who had no guns to the library where the shooter was, identified himself, and the shooter took his own life. Now, imagine if that exact same thing had happened at Columbine, where you had an armed security guard or an armed sheriff or armed personnel on there, and uh, it, it all it would take would have been, hey, this is where they are. Okay, we're going. And it could have saved many, many lives. It, it, it's just gun control fails because you're trying to control the wrong people. Both of them were a gun-free zone, and that obviously doesn't work. But I'm, I'm going to get myself so hot and bothered if I get going too hard on this, so I'm going to try and lay off. But the thing that pisses me off about this particular news story, about them raising holy fucking hell about this, is, okay, so it's been a year, a year since Sandy Hook, and we've done nothing collectively as a society. We've riled everyone up, we've blamed guns, we've blamed mental health, we've blamed lack of security at the school, we've blamed and we've blamed and we've blamed. We've tried to justify everything. And then here's an administrator that actually is like, okay, we should at least do this. We should at least do prepare the students for something like this, so maybe... If, if maybe the body count's not so high in case this ever does happen maybe I'll, I can evaluate my staff and they'll be better trained maybe I can do a lot of things by doing something like this and then the first thing you do is you go and get start getting parents bitching at you because you went and did something is that the better thing just to sit back and watch the world go to fucking hell because you don't want to make an action that'll probably get your parent mad at you or get you sued but yet we we want to get all tied up on every other issue in the world. Like, I just couldn't understand it. It's like, oh, we got to do something, we got to do something, we got to do something. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're, you hurt my kid's feelings. Don't do that. Fuck you. Well, here's the thing. You're living in one of the most liberal state or liberal cities in Texas. Right. Up here in the northern part of Texas, well, no, uh, up here in the panhandle of Texas, there is already in um, Shamrock, I believe, they have signs out. And they have people trained. They have uh, guns in schools right now. And the sign basically says, uh, if you come into our school be pre and prepare, or if you go into our school trying to harm any of our children, we will meet your force with any force necessary to protect every child. So it's like total opposite. They they did something in around here. They put guns in schools. They trained teachers. And they... They point blank tell you, you come into this school with bad intentions, you will not walk out of this school. But I mean, that's exactly the way it should be, is it should be, okay, we as this particular community have decided this is what we want to do. This is the way we're going to act. And then this one should be like, oh, well, does this community, we're not. 
But we keep trying to federally mandate the way that we want things to run, which is not necessarily a good move. Because if you haven't figured it out yet, kids, more government is not the answer. That's Cody's general consensus on everything. More government solves nothing. Well, it, if uh, I, I really think that we, if they do want to mandate something, they should mandate it similar to how they have it in Israel. Back in 1970, a school bus got shot up, or uh, it may have been a like uh, basically a bunch of kids got killed by terrorists in the 70s. Israel didn't stand for that anymore, and they have had teachers with fully automatic rifles on their side, over their shoulder, in plain view, ever since then. And guess what? There hasn't been a school shooting in Israel since. I, I just find it really frustrating that, like, you call for action, action's made, it's not the action that you want. And, I, I don't know, it's frustrating to me. It's really frustrating to me. It's frustrating beyond the fact of kids' lives, and it's frustrating. I mean, we're not, we're not talking about, we're not talking about something minor here. This is a major deal. And then, a, a kid... A little kid that had the whole world in front of them died, and all we want to do is pass our own agenda off on the back of their death. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. I saw something not that long ago that base uh, a guy was saying he didn't think that people should go around uh, trying to piggyback off of these dead kids. What they should do is they should start actually going and trying to put forth... Basically, he was just saying, hey, look, I, I'm not going anything... Or I'm not going against... I'm not going against... God damn it. Hold on, let me collect thoughts. Do to do to do. He doesn't want to go for the dead children angle. He wants to go for the rights of the men and women that he died for to protect because he was a ex person he was an ex army or an ex marine he wanted to go and say hey look you're wanting to go off all these dead children and you want me to say it to the face of these parents that's your argument i'll say it to the face of these parents because it's bullshit what you're trying to pull that's that's pretty much how it went it, it was the guy told off an assembly who wanted to start taking guns from legal owners it's a whole nother thing for a whole nother time. It's a big, big issue. And Frank, and frankly, there's not enough room in the to-go box for it. So uh, what, what, do you got, what do you got to leave them with? Le leave them with something strong, Brent. Okay, going off of Brewer's lovely sentiment, why not do this? Our podcast, articulated by Brewer and Jeems, shenanigans be thy name. Jared's majoriousness come, Ernie's sexism be done. On air as it's done in life. Give us this Monday our daily casts and deliver us from technical issues as we try to wait patiently on Brewer's procrastinations and lead us not into Brent's ramblings but into tales of his stupidities for thine is the board, the shenanigans, and the explicit. Forever and ever. Gnome. Amen. It's getting cold outside. I need to eat some hot soup to warm me up. Nothing makes me hotter than finding my way over to fortunateagainstartwordpress.com, stroking my fingers across their Facebook page, or listening to them via iTunes. Oh yeah, they have all the right moves and oral pleasure. <sighs> oh my. Oh goodness. I know you're John fingering to my voice.
glad you could edit this shit out. Because Ryan wouldn't. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I do. Uh, well, uh, um, duh, duh. God damn it. I don't. Uh, 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 and, um, uh, the ha ha ha. Oh, fuck, bro.